Welcome to episode 197 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada, coming at you from the Four Seasons Hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, where I'm traveling for work. But I knew, I knew to pack my headset because there was going to be news that would hit at 6 a.m. sharp Eastern Standard Time on the website This Week in Pinball. Now, for those of you who read the site today, you know what the big news was. And I have to say, I went through it all. I went through it all. And I really had a hard time figuring out how I wanted to talk about all of the information that is on that site today. And for those of you out there who haven't read This Week in Pinball today, I I, I implore you to go read the interview with Deep Root Pinball and its founder, Robert Mueller, about the plans of Deep Root Pinball. Now, I have tried to try and get Robert and company to come on the show and talk about their plans, but it's okay. I I understand why they have decided to go with another podcast to talk about their plans in the gaming world. Um, But I've been torn. I don't think I've ever been somewhat confused on how to position my point of view on a company. Because part of me feels like all of this, all the information they put up on this site today, and we're going we're gonna to talk about some of it, uh, I feel like some of it is just like clickbait. It's like meant to kind of ruffle feathers and get people all excited and agitated. Um, you know, so I'm not going to go that route. I'm not, I'm not a, upset by what they said. I don't have any skin in the game. I have no deposits or pre-order money with Deep Root Pinball. To me, they are just another pinball manufacturer out there that is trying to get to manufacturing of pinball. Uh, they're not a real pinball manufacturer yet, okay? Uh, you know, part of me feels like, am I supposed to cheer and be excited that we have a new pinball company on the scene and all pinball is good pinball? I don't think people are coming away with that feeling whatsoever. I think there was definitely some shocking information that we learned that we will talk about on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. And there was an image, a photo of the gang over there at Deep Root Pinball. And what's the, let's start with the photo, because I think out of everything, I think what makes me laugh is I've been told by this company a bunch of times that they know how to market, that they're, that, 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 Marketing is something that they're good at. And I want all of you out there to look at that photo and tell me if you think that is a good photo to release as the first glimpse into the people at your company. Uh, it, it, it reminded me, and this is going to be the name of this podcast, of the Expendables, is, is here are all these guys uh, past the prime of their pinball careers, uh, huddled in a room together, this, this sort of small little design room in this corporate or I don't even know, this office space. Uh, you know, there's, there's pinball schematics hanging on the wall that are blurred out. But what's so funny about this image, okay, is A, that they, they, they thought that this would be the image to go out with. It's like whoever was taking the photo didn't even tell everybody, hey, smile or look at the camera, okay? Uh, in it, though, in it, we see one of the biggest pieces of news that this company wants us to know about. And that is, besides John Papaduke Jr., they have also hired designers Barry Osler, uh, they say exclusive in-house, and Dennis Nordman, exclusive. So that means Barry's living there. Okay, I'm going to talk about that in a second. And and John Norris, exclusive, okay, to go alongside with John Papaduke. Uh, And so what's funny about this photo, man, I I don't know, the first thing I I, I thought when I saw this photo, is Barry even 
like alive. His eyes are closed and his head is just slunched down. You know, it kind of, I, I, I was telling a friend, it's like weekend at Barry's. It's like they just prop this guy up uh, and, and he doesn't even look like he's like functioning. I, I know, I, I think Barry has like some health concerns and issues and that's, you know, and I think that's why he has to travel and, and stay in the place where he's designing games. So they've got Barry there. Uh, you've got Dennis Nornman in the, in the lower right of this photo who's just got this look on his face like he made the worst decision of his life. Um, you've got, see, this is the, my favorite, my favorite is you've got John Papa Duke's face is half blocked by some dude in a brown, like, paperboy cap. And you can just barely see John there with his, like, arms sort of folded. And, you know, he's probably just thinking, like, what's for lunch today in the Deep Root cafeteria? Um, But I joke and I jest. And look, I'm going to say this. I don't think anybody out there expected to see... All of these guys, along with you know David Teal, John Norris, all the people that are joining Deep Root Pinball uh, to make pinball machines in one photo at one time. Again, it reminds me of the Expendables photo where you've got all these old action stars lined up together uh, for the first time ever. And so, what does this mean? You know, when you saw this photo, did you think, well, here we go? Like they've got some real pinball power combining forces are these guys going to combine to be the voltron of pinball and and make some of the greatest pinball machines of all time or or is it going to turn out to be a, a real complicated mess getting all these people to collaborate and work together i don't know i don't know you know look i'm just sort of having some fun with this photo because i just i definitely think as a marketing photo it's a complete joke but anyway that's just again great way to market your first impression of the company. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't want to come out here and just like insult Deep Root and say all these things. And that's, that's probably what they're expecting me to do. What I want to do is this. I want to ask this company to do one thing. And I want to give this company a suggestion. I want to ask them to not talk until they actually do something. Okay. I want to ask this company to be the first pinball company that doesn't hype themselves way before they have anything ready to show. Okay, because I think all of you out there, when you heard the news or read this interview, it really reminds me of two companies bolted together, and that's Dutch Pinball and Highway Pinball. Now, remember, Dutch Pinball. They came out at Expo, you know, they were like, we're Dutch, like, fuck everybody else. We figured out how to make this great game. They went up to the penthouse, they partied, and they were very, um, not, I mean, I'll say it. They were very, like, arrogant and overly confident in their ability. Okay, so you got Dutch over there. Then you have Highway Pinball, who is all about, well, we've created a manufacturing facility and we're going to manufacture this many games. Remember what Andrew said? We're going to make multiple games at once. We're going to have four to five games a year, four to 500 games a month coming out the assembly line. We've innovated. We've created a new way to make pinball. You know, this new innovation is going to make it a lot easier to service your game, a lot easier for operators to put the games on location, a lot easier for home collectors to swap in and out parts okay so that theme right so the themes of we've learned how to make pinball in a new way that no one else has been able to figure out i read a lot of that stuff in deep roots statements um the theme of we're going to make multiple games that's another thing that we've heard in the past that has never really come to fruition um the whole notion of we're going to innovate 
right? We have new innovations that are proprietary that no one else has figured out. You know, all this thing about you've recreated or you found a way to, to make pinball in a new way that no one else has figured out. And you, and you get the sense, right, when you, when you zoom out, that there's this sort of, man, making pinball is not, it's not that hard if you know what we know. But history has shown us that all the companies that have come out in this fashion have failed to actually succeed. So I don't know. I don't know if these guys are going to succeed or fail. All I know is what's come before, you know, and if what's come before has never really materialized, why is it going to be different this time? And that's, that's just a question that I have for them. I'm curious as to the timing of all of this. I, I want to give you what I think they timed it this way is I, I definitely think these guys want to go to TPF and not have to carry with them this big secret of what they're doing behind the scenes. Uh, and now they can talk freely and be out in the open. And oh boy, are they out in the open, right? I mean, look at that photo of all them there at Deep Root. You know, one of the questions I had immediately was, who's paying all these people? Like, wh- is, is this all being personally financed by Robert? Because there is no money coming in. There are no games for sale. And there might not be games for sale for a very long time. So you've got all these people who hopefully... They're getting paid up front and they have normal salaries and they're not just working for free. Now, it's not just the people in that room. We know that they're looking to hire artists and they want more people to join the Deep Root team. So this company, is their intentions are to scale up and scale up very, very big. You know, we, if, I think they're more like Highway Pinball than Dutch in that sense that they want to be a, a competitor to Stern Pinball. And, and that is a ginormous, a ginormous venture to undertake. And again, like, I, I, just, I just don't know enough. I mean, I, I, they told us about, okay, so what, they told us about this new way of manufacturing pinball that's going to revolutionize pinball. And it's like this quad-based manufacturing. And it's just like these, all these like buzzwords that I'm not sure like anyone even knows what any of this stuff is. I actually want to read the sentence where they talk about the quad manufacturing system that they have sort of like patents against. So uh, let's see. So it's, it's really it's really interesting. So all right. So we have quad assembly will provide rapid and dynamic on-demand manufacturing abilities that current pinball manufacturers will have a hard time to match. I love, this is the sentence where I was just like, huh? We'll be able to throttle and provide process fluctuations with flexible distribution. Yeah, man. Let's throttle it back there, Mario, and get some process fluctuations with some flexible distribution going. Um, Following this concept allows for cross-functional staffing resulting in higher productivity and decreased manufacturing costs. All right. I don't yeah, I don't even know what any of that means. But why would they say this stuff? This is what I don't get. It's 2018. We're just at the beginning of 2018. This company is not going to ship pins until 2019. Why is Robert in January of 2018 talking about all this stuff? It's talk, 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 talk. And it's all about how great we are, how well positioned will be to dominate this industry they haven't made a single game and i just i just don't understand like what that is not good marketing 
you do not talk about all the things that are going to make your company better before even showing a single product. And I just, I, I would love for them to explain to me how that makes any sense. It comes across a little bit like arrogance, like overconfidence, like bragging. And, and you, can, you, can, you can read between the lines. It's like, we've got something they don't have. You know what Stern has that you don't have? And this is the one reason why. This is the one reason why Andrew Highway was, was going to fail from the beginning. It's the one reason why Jersey Jack struggles. It's the main thing that will really hurt Deep Root Pinball. You know what Stern Pinball has that you don't have Deep Root? You know what they have? They, they don't have your quad-based system. They don't have John Papaduke. They don't have like all these designers you know, who, you know, who haven't really had a hit game in forever. You know what they have? They have the one thing that is the most important thing when it comes to business, which Robert himself said it's very important to, to, to look at the business side of pinball. The one thing that Stern Pinball has that these guys do not have is a distribution model. They own the distribution of pinball. Stern Pinball is successful because of its distributor model of pinball, and nobody else will get in on that turf. See, what Robert doesn't understand, and, and he, you know, it, this is marketing. This is marketing 101. I can make the best beer. I could make a better beer than Budweiser. I can make a better beer than Bud Light or Coors Light or Miller Light. It doesn't matter. I can't distribute my beer to many bars because I don't have a distributor model. And they're not going to distribute it for me because guess what? They control the distribution of beer to like 95% of locations out in America. That's why you know we sell 20 thousand Bud Lights every minute, okay? So what we're hearing is that they've figured out a better way to make pinball. And again, no proof. We haven't seen anything. It's just words, okay? The next thing we're hearing is, and this was, see, to me, this, the part of this whole company that I just, I just don't understand is the John Papaduke Zidware fiasco. I just don't get it. Because why would they do that? Why would they do that? They don't need to acquire that baggage. They've got three other designers. Um, here's the part that I don't get. And this is the part that I think Robert misses out on. He really doesn't understand the incredible harm John has caused to so many people. He doesn't understand that people who bought Zidware games and lost their money, I know that uh, Deep Root wants to figure out some sort of solve, but, but they know that that solve will not be a dollar-to-dollar solve. They are not going to offer people who lost money on Zidware a dollar-to-dollar resolution. They're going to offer them much less, and they're going to say, look, it's, it's better than nothing. But we know from the interview that the, 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 the litigation group with Zidware has not accepted the terms of Deep Root. Okay? So you've got that part of it. But the other part in that interview, which really kind of, this was the part that really stuck out as starting to indicate the character of the, of the company. And, and I just don't get it. See, there's something about life. There's a lesson in life. And it's just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And what I'm referring to here is in the interview, when they talk about what they're doing with American Pinball and what they're doing with Houdini. Now, Davil. Davil bailed John out. Davil spent hundreds of thousands of dollars 
helping John Papaduke get his games to market. Okay? And John took advantage of it. John did, you know, look, when Dava was giving John money, John didn't say, I need a team, I need these people. John took the money. John built the games that don't work. John, like, built a version of, of, of Houdini for them that wasn't going to function. So all those hundreds of thousands of dollars that Davo lost and pumped into John, he finally came to his senses and cuts bait. And now we hear that Deep Root is actually planning to make John Papaduke's Houdini. But here's the problem that Robert just fails to understand. And this again, this is not just like a marketing thing. It's just a matter of your values and your morals and your character. When, when, when he says that Houdini was worked on before American Pinball, hell yeah it was. And you know what money John used to work on Houdini was? He used people's money from Magic Girl, from Raza, and Alice in Wonderland deposits to work on all that Houdini stuff. Because that's John. Do a little bit, don't finish it, move on to the next. Okay? So all those people, it's their money, Robert, that allowed John to work on these things. And the fact of the matter is this. American Pinball lost a lot of money on John Papaduke. And they salvaged Houdini with Joe Balser and Josh Kugler, two men who have worked really hard to, to make up for the mistakes of John Papaduke, and they're releasing Houdini. Okay? Now, look, you could... You could, you could make John's version of Houdini and you can legally do it because Houdini is an open IP. You know, you could have, you could have two companies making Houdini pinball machines at the same time. The question is this, should you do that? Is that the right thing to do? If you have all these other games, why do you need to go make a game that sole purpose would be to really try to hurt and crush the efforts that are happening over at American Pinball. Now, you could argue by the time they even get John Papaduke's Houdini to market, it won't even matter because American Pinball's Houdini will have been out for a while. But I would argue against thinking that way, and here's why. Because I think it's completely unfair to all the hard work at American Pinball where those guys broke their backs and, and got a game to market in like a year. All the hard work they did. You know, when you... And, and see, think is so all the hard work they did, and then Robert's going to say that Houdini is a potential title that they're going to make from John Papaduke. What that does, just by saying that, you could still think it's bullshit that they're not going to accomplish that goal. They're not going to make J Pop's Houdini. It doesn't matter. By saying there's going to be another Houdini out, it may make some people stop, think, and wait, and not buy the American pinball version of Houdini because they may have liked the sexy, beautiful Houdini John rolled out that didn't really work. And see, it creates market instability. It creates volatility with a game where there should be none. Houdini shouldn't have to compete with the promise of an illusionary version of J-Pop's Houdini that's like years away. But all of a sudden, those two things now are living in people's present mindsets. And because of words. And that's the problem with words and pinball and pinball companies like these who just use a lot of words. Because their words, like it or not, I think their words undermine the incredible hard work that is being put 
into games over at Spooky, over at Jersey Jack, over at Stern, you know, over at American Pinball, over at Chicago Gaming. These companies work really hard. They work really hard to get games to people. It's not easy. It's a difficult industry to be in. And then this company comes in and uses words to sort of undermine all that hard work saying they've figured out a better way. And again, I think that's what it just comes down to for me is I don't want to hear all these words. I don't think they should have spoken. I don't think this five days of deep root that they keep hyping. Like, what? what is the five days of deep root? Is that some like Tony Robbins retreat that happens somewhere in Hawaii that we're all going to go there and they're going to have like five days? And we know that the five days of deep root culminate in launch of product, which is not going to happen until sometime in 2019. So they've come out, they've said all this stuff, they've said way too much, and it's just so much to plow through. I mean, I haven't even hit on some of the other like inane things of the day, like we're going to make a Bible game. Um, you know, we think there's a market for that. And again, like, what market research have these guys done to uncover that there is a market for Bible-themed pinball machines. What started as a joke with Ben Heck, something that Ben wanted to make as a pet project, that he actually talked to Robert Mueller about, Robert is indicating that he might be going off to make such a game. And, you know, I'm not going to argue that he stole Ben's concept or idea. Uh, You don't own the Bible. Like, Ben doesn't own the Bible. There's amazing, very (laughs) famous stories that are in the Bible that lend themselves to open IP to be made in a pinball game. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing about, is there any real market research? You know, is there any data to show that if you make this, it will sell? And I, I think we can all safely assume that there probably aren't many licenses that these guys have secured or inked to make pinball machines. That's the other thing Stern has that people don't realize. They have very strong relationships with all the major licenses and property holders out there that you just can't swoop in and go make Star Wars or Jurassic Park or or Back to the Future. You know, that might all be locked down with Stern Pinball and and the years and decades of relationships they've built up with these companies and these studios. You don't just get that overnight. So there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk. And look, I'm going to say it. And I, mean, I know they listen. I know Robert listens to this show. I know they, apparently, they listen to this podcast over at Deep Root and they make fun of me. I heard they, they have a wall dedicated to making fun of all the things that I've, I've got wrong. All the things that I got wrong about them are, they make fun of. And I, I'm just curious, like, well, I didn't get anything wrong. I've, maybe I speculated on things. Speculation is not me saying, I guarantee I mean, a specul- when I speculate about a company that's pretty much a shadow organization at the time being, I didn't get it wrong. I didn't say they weren't going to hire more people. I didn't say anything. I, I said I questioned whether or not they're going to be successful. Have they been successful? Have I been wrong? You know, and I, I want pinball companies to succeed. You know, there's this... I, sometimes I think I get this black mark put on me that I'm on some sort of vendetta to go after these companies. I'm not. I, 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 I you know, when when Big Lebowski got introduced, I hung out with Barry when he came to Modern Pinball in New York City. I loved the game. I wanted to get one. You know, I didn't have a vendetta against Alien Pinball and Highway Pinball. I, 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 I Andrew Highway was making an Alien game. You know, I it wasn't the game for me. I didn't like it. I, I didn't take down his company. I didn't make the business decisions he made. He made those decisions. 
You know, people love that theme. People's love of a theme like Alien would far override, you know, some marketing flack like me having a podcast just ranting and raving about how I don't like the art on the game. That's not going to that's not going to stop people from putting an alien machine in their homes. What stopped people from putting a machine in their homes was a company that was mismanaged and 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 years of people being lied to about how the status of the company was. And so it's just it's just like is it history repeating itself all over again or is it different this time? And why would it be different this time? I mean, these are the questions that aren't you know, mine to answer. These are the questions for Robert and team to answer. You know, and I implore them as they listen to this podcast not to, you know, take offense or think I'm wrong. I'm simply asking for them. I'm asking for them. And and I ask this for all pinball people out there. Simply back up your words with actions. That's it. Prove us all. Don't prove us wrong. See, I think these guys want us all to talk shit and slander them and so they can prove us wrong, but I don't I don't even care anymore. Like it why does it have to get to such a dramatic or negative space? I'm here to tell you that Deep Root Pinball, you have my support to do what you said you're gonna do. And Robert Mueller, I I'm on the record by saying this right now. If you can do what you said you're gonna do, and you can make the games the way you say you're gonna make them and you can produce the quality and the innovation in pinball that you say it so badly needs. You said the bar in this industry is so low. You said that. The bar is low, that you're going to crush it. I'll tell you right now, your first order placed will be from me, that I will happily buy your games. You know, because I wanted Magic Girl to work. I wanted these games to be good. I wanted to open up a Magic Girl and be blown away. So if you can figure out that puzzle, I'm telling you right now, I'm a buyer. I'm not here to like root against you guys. I just think if you would listen to something I would say, it's take my advice and stop talking. You know, I I kind of... You know, you guys are going to go to TPF. I would have a gag order on your team at TPF. Like, don't keep talking. You have said enough. We get it. We get what you want to do. You now have to go do it. And it's not going to be as easy as you think. And again, that's just history giving you that advice. Not me. It's never as easy as people think. So I think the other part of all of this, and this is this is not just deep root. This is just the feeling... I get when I look at this industry and I look at this hobby and I hear how they're talking about, you know, selling Bible games and selling multicultural games and selling pins to these people and pins to that people. I don't think people realize how extremely tiny the pinball market is. I I don't think they understand that. Like you could have all these different genres of like, you know, you could have heavy metal, you could have hard rock, you could have Christian rock because billions of people buy music. The pinball market is so extremely small. Making it, making it even smaller is the product itself is super expensive, right? If, if a music CD was, was $1,000, the market would shrink tremendously. And so the market's super small and you have another new company, another new company making what they are saying is going to be multiple games on launch day, okay? 
couple that with Stern, couple that with Jersey Jack, couple that with Spooky, couple that with Chicago Gaming, couple that with, you know, Circus Maximus, you know, or Pinball Circus, all these companies, right? And there's more companies that I that I know of that are coming into the pinball game. There aren't enough buyers. You know, I always use this analogy. There's probably, I, I don't know how many bars there are in New York City. Let me guess and say there's, there's 50,000 bars in all of New York City. And I would say that maybe 10 of them have pinball machines in them. Okay? It's not that big. And I, I don't buy that like... Op- and operators will tell you this on day one. The machines that make the most money for an operator are redemption games. They're, they're not pinball. Pinball actually is a terrible earner for most operators. And that is the truth. That is the truth. Some of you might operate your games on location, but how have you broken even? Has Al broken even on a $15,000 Batman Super LE that's been on location? 15,000 times it has to be played at a dollar a pop, right? Just to break even. So no money's being made. And then the game's losing value as it's getting beat on. So the market isn't there. So then why? The question becomes why? There's a great book. It's called Start With The Why. And the question is, why Deep Root? Why now? Why all of this? Why is anybody doing any of this? Why do we need four to five pinball manufacturers in 2018 why do you need you pinball collector out there why do you need to keep buying new games every year what are you chasing why is it so important that you keep buying expensive toys and 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 constantly cycling them through your life like is it really creating that much value and meaning for you to do that you know i think all we need as a world is one to two good pinball machines a year to get excited about and to geek out over. The problem is you can't release 10 machines to just find out which two are actually good. We don't need, it's just not, it's just not going to work. Companies are going to succeed and fail, but the marketplace is definitely not there for another company promising Stern-like sort of results and outputs. You know, and they want to put Stern out of business? I mean, part of me gets a little giddy, like there's going to be a battle now, like two ginormous forces. But then I remember Stern's got like 400 employees and some of the best people in the industry. Stern has an assembly line. All right, Deep Root said they're going to make their games without an assembly line. No assembly line. They also said they're going to make their games without a white wood or prototype. Something that has never been done before in pinball. Never been done before. Now, you can look at something like that and be like, wow, they figured it out. They figured out. These guys are alchemists. They're like J-pop. They figured out how to turn regular metal into gold. They, they did it. And then you ask, well, well, show us it. Like, show us how you're going to do that. Oh, well, we haven't done it yet. You see, that's the problem with all of this. It's the problem with it all. Why did they have to even... Why do they even have to talk now? Why do they have to like say all this stuff? And you know, I want to say that this podcast, I, I'm 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 really tired and fatigued because it makes me somewhat sad too. And I, I'm just going to be honest about the range of my emotions. It was just like it was just sad seeing like 
all these old designers like Dennis and Barry and John, like they're just like now they're just in with Deep Root. It's like, is there no loyalty? You know, David Teal, like I get he makes sound. He makes sound for everybody. Is, is he going to work on Highway's third game? You know, is is Dennis going to work on Elvira with Stern while he's at Deep Root making games for them? Like you're making games for competitors. I don't know. There's something to be said about Lyman Sheets is a Stern employee. John Borg is a Stern guy. Dwight, Lonnie, like Stern's got this like Stern family. And you don't see these guys, you know, just leaving for the, uh, the you know, another buck. You see them staying there because I feel like there's some sort of loyalty and camaraderie that they have. You know, and I, I don't know. There was just something about like all these hired guns appearing in this photo that just felt a little weird. I mean, that's that's why it felt like the Expendables picture. It's like, what like what are they all doing there? Um, you know, and and it's it's meant to like impress, but I don't know. I just think you could also look at it like it's kind of sad to see that there's just like and everyone's for sale. You know, because the reality is, these designers and these guys they don't make that much money. They don't make as much money as people think. Like you know, these guys aren't pulling in like quarter million dollar a year salaries, like two hundred thousand dollar a year salaries. Like a lot of these guys who are in the pinball industry make a lot less money than the people who actually buy their games. And it's always the interesting dichotomy of this hobby is you've got multimillionaires like Robert. You know, we've got multimillionaire collectors that I know. Um, and then you've got like guys who like are kind of broke who have like one machine. And you've got people who actually work in the industry who aren't ever going to get rich being in the industry, but they're in the industry because they love it. Um, it's, there's Literally, there's no other industry like this. I've, I've never seen another industry as as strange as this one. I have to be honest. I, 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 don't, I don't really know how to process stuff like today. I don't really know how to process the amount of companies that are trying to make pinball when there's not even close to being the market to sell all those games. It, it, shows, it shows a very amateurish approach to market research. It also shows a lack of truly understanding the potential to sell. Because the only one who really knows how to sell and make a lot of money and, and make real profit is Stern Pinball. And they keep, they keep the things that um, will maintain that level of success close to the vest. You are never going to touch a, distrib- a distribution model like Stern has. You're never going to touch the relationship Stern has with the vendors over parts. See, people don't get that. Stern has the most important parts of this industry locked down. So if you want to uproot them with some deep root, I mean, I- I'm, I'm just like going to get my popcorn and watch. That's it. I hope you guys prove me wrong. As I said, Robert and team and Barry and Dennis and John and all you guys, if you succeed, I will buy game number one. Hopefully it's not the Bible game. Hopefully it's a good title. I will buy your product. You have me as a buyer. But please go away until you actually have something real to show us. That's episode 197 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. You're a rich girl, and you're gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. You can rely on the old man's money, you can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far, cause you know it don't matter anyway. Say money, money won't.